Good morning, my renegades. Welcome back to Rogue Radio. My name is Sarah Jane, and today is a Rogue News segment or Renegade Times, whichever one. Just read the thumbnail. It's the new one because I lost the last one. Anyway, if you have any comments, questions, or concerns, feel free to contact me in the links down in the description below. And also, how is everybody doing? I haven't left my bed yet, and I've got a lot of work to do Anyway, yeah, um, also, I got some fun, interesting stuff, um, coming up in the episodes, so be on a lookout for that. I have been studying and researching, I've got myself a new notebook, which was something that kind of set me back, I have to write things down, so, um, yeah, so be on the lookout for some new, interesting, um, podcast episodes. As always, politics is first. Let's just get into it. Okay, usually this would be in world news, but, um... The Arab man kills three in terror-inspired rampage in Israel. Uh, A knife-wielding Palestinian man went on a rampage in southern Israel, killing three people and seriously injuring at least two others. Avi Mayer tweets, Four Israelis have been killed in a stabbing attack in the southern Israel city of Beersheba. I thought it says three in here, but there's four, so. Um, According to the Israeli security officials, the attacker rammed his car into a cyclist in the city of Beersheba earlier Tuesday after which he stabbed four other people. He was identified as 34-year-old Arab man from a nearby settlement. Authorities said that the assailant had a criminal record and had spent four years in prison for attempting to join Islamic State back in 2015. Um, This is the deadliest attack in Israel in several several years. Um, Five casualties were brought here, three of them in critical condition, and after uh, resuscitation, Efforts by multiple teams, and unfortunately, we had to determine their deaths. uh, Dr. San Schwarzfox, that's an interesting name, Deputy Director of Soroka Medical Center. Two other victims in their 40s arrived in critical but stable condition. This terrorist stabbed two... Um, innocent people to death and wounded others in Beersheba, Israel. Thankfully, a passerby neutralized him before he could inflict more um, carnage. Palestinian Islamic Jihad has already praised the terror attack. And there's a video, but I don't know if I want to look because it's the video of the assailant, but... Authorities also described the incident as a nationalistically motivated terror attack. Mm-mm. You know us here at Rogue Radio. 
We stand with Israel. We love you, Israel. And we understand that you're going through a tough time right now. We love you very much. Okay, next story. Biden has decided to put new sanctions on Russia. Biden highlights new sanctions on Russia, more aid for Ukraine after meeting with NATO allies. President. Okay, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Biden highlighted the latest sanctions against Russia and efforts to help Ukraine uh, after meeting with fellow NATO, NATO, <laughs> NATO leaders in Belgium. Uh, during a press conference in Brussels Thursday, Biden said that the sanctions were targeting hundreds of Russian lawmakers, oligarchs, and defense companies that fuel the nation's war machine. You're actually fueling the war machine right now, stupid. Because you have an don't we have an alliance with Russia or no? No, we don't. No, we don't. But but we have an alliance with the Ukraine. Right. But, but the thing is is that America has always had like this quiet opposition towards Russia. Uh-huh. And the fact that now, you know, President Biden is siding with Ukraine. That's because all his money in there. Yeah, I know. He they're hiding all of their money in the Ukrainian bank, so they're trying to like Defend it. I'm just saying, like, you had at least a good friendship. Like, a, America had, like, at least some sort of good acquaintanceship with, like, Russia, and now when he. Trump was in there, we Yeah. That's over. I know, it's over. Tune in as I hold a press conference about my meetings in Europe with allies and partners on our response to Russia's war on Ukraine. Okay, we're gonna play this real quick. If it will let me. Oh, of course, we gotta go to Twitter to. Forget it, we're not watching it. Let's see. He confirmed plans to commit more than 1 billion in humanitarian aid to help Ukrainians affected by the war, as well as plans to allow up to 100,000 Ukrainian refugees into the U.S. Biden also noted NATO is fortifying the alliance's eastern flank um, on a move which could lead us to more uh, U.S. troops in Europe. Oh, Biden, you're so stupid. That 100,000, what was it? That That 1 billion dollars is not going to any humanitarian efforts or aid to help Ukrainians. That's going straight into his Ukrainian bank account. Alright. Biden notably said sanctions were never meant to deter Russian President Vladimir Putin from attacking Ukraine, but suggested the long-term impact of such measures uh, will prompt him to end the war. Separately, House GOP conference chair Elise Stefanik, um, Republican of New York, uh, asserted that Putin is committing genocide in his ongoing assault on Ukraine. 
She made the comment while speaking to reporters Thursday at the House GOP annual retreat and also called Putin an authoritarian war criminal. <laughs> Stefanik also told uh, reporters House Republicans have been consistent in their opposition to Russia's invasion of Ukraine. The Republicans' condemnation of Putin comes as U.S. and European allies have strongly denounced Russia over suspected war crimes in Ukraine. Um, even the Republicans are fooled because uh, what Putin did is he blew up all of these, um, what was it, biochemical labs? Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> they were peddling adrenochrome, guys. But you guys don't have to believe me. It's fine. Um, U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken declared Russian for- forces have committed war crimes during their invasion in a statement on Wednesday, he highlighted the countless accounts and images of suffering destruction. Um, according to Blinken, nearly 5,000 Ukrainians have died as a result of Russia's attacks. Se- uh, Secretary Blinken described Russia's assaults on as unjust and unprovoked. He noted his declaration is based on the Biden administration's ongoing review of information from public and intelligence sources. Okay, if we if Blue's Clues having a pride parade wasn't enough and Gonzo the Muppet becoming a transgender drag queen. What? Yeah, you, the Muppet Babies. Yep. Um, Disney has decided to cater to the LGBTQ as well. So, Disney vows to be more LGBTQ friendly after small employee protest. The Walt Disney Company takes a stance on a recent piece of legislation in Florida. One America's mom, Tom McGrath, has more. So, here we go. We're just going to play the video. Walt Disney Company takes a stance on a recent piece of state legislation. One America's Tom McGrath has more. Disney swivels from entertainment to political posturing. On Tuesday, a small group of employees staged a walkout because the company remained silent on Florida's parental rights and education bill. The bill which Governor Ron DeSantis intends to sign soon, would bar school children from receiving any kind of sexual education prior to the fourth grade. Thank you. Critics, however, have dubbed it the Don't Say Gay Bill and claim it deprives young children of vital information. The protesters allege their company's initial silence on the legislation makes them feel unsafe, as Disney's largest theme park is located in the Sunshine State. Participants have expressed that Disney must halt any donations to politicians who oppose sexual orientation and gender identity curriculum in the classroom in order to atone for its past transgressions. Primarily to create an environment where we feel safe and to create uh, accountability in terms of their political donations. We need them to reevaluate beyond just pausing how they donate 
and we need them to cease donations to the specific politicians that supported and wrote this bill. However, some demonstrators' ambitions don't end in the political arena. Some desire for Disney's productions, which primarily gear towards children, to feature more LGBTQ-friendly content. I feel like everything that's happening right now with Disney could have uh, really huge ripple effects, not only for the company, but also the entertainment uh, industry as a whole, just because a lot of people watch Disney, and I feel like anything that we do could have far-reaching effects for the entire en uh, entertainment industry, so I just came here to show solidarity. Pushes from employees have already gained some ground within the company, with a same-sex kiss scene being restored to the final cut of the upcoming film Lightyear. However, Governor DeSantis fired back at Disney, claiming the company and its employees are misrepresenting what the Florida bill aims to accomplish. If you are out protesting this bill, you are by definition putting yourself in favor of injecting sexual instruction to five, six, and seven-year-old kids. Thank I think you. most people think that's wrong. I think parents especially think that's wrong. The Republican also lambasted Disney for demonizing concerned parents while ignoring human rights violations in China, where it continues to hold numerous operations. Last year, Disney announced it would begin relocating from California to Florida for a, quote, business-friendly climate. The company has yet to announce any plans to halt or move any of its Florida operations in protest of the recent bill. Tom McGrath, One America News. For all our viewers asking where One America... Okay... Listen, when you are teaching children about bisexuality, being gay, all of this gender confusion crap, okay? I don't care if you're an adult and if you're in the LGBTQ and you're a good person, go just do do what you want to do. I have my opinions about it, but guess what? I if you're an adult, I can't control you, but when you start attacking the children and talking about gender identity, sexuality, sex genitalia to five, six-year-olds, ridiculous. it's ridiculous and it's pedophilic and I freaking hate it. I really can't stand that because there are children's book books out there now teaching kids how to masturbate. There are gay parents taking children to pride parades so that they can understand what kink is and what sex is. It is not okay. Five-year-olds don't want to know what sexuality is or what gender is. It is disgusting. I have seen, I have, um, I've heard a story of this teacher who decided to teach gender equality and gender identity to five-year-old kids and a child was like so what are you a boy or a girl and the teacher stood up and said i'm neither and she and the kid goes so you're dead so you're dead kids do not understand that and the reason why this is being pushed, and a lot of people who are pushing this, I don't believe that they understand this, is because there are politicians like Joe Biden, Ellen DeGeneres, who isn't a d politician, but she's a celebrity. There are politicians and celebrities right now that have made a child trafficking ring 
And you're pushing for that to come forth and to say that pedophilia is okay. That's exactly what these people are doing. It's okay to teach kids about gender identity and sexuality and being gay and all of that stuff. But when people start coming out and saying, I, I love a five-year-old kid and I'm 40 years old and I like having sex with this kid, I kid you not, at some point it will be accepted by the LGBTQ community. There are, st there are some people in the LGBTQ community right now that say, I am a map, which is, stands for minor attracted person. There are people out there that identify as the, like, I'm so mad I can't even talk. There are people out there that identify themselves as maps. Minor attracted people. So you're saying that you love somebody that is six years old that is not able to consent and you wanna you want to have sex with this child. That sounds like a pedophile. Stop it. I'm so upset right now. L listen, we all know that Disney has always had like this hidden agenda because if you really look at the subliminal messages in all of the Disney movies, they've been wanting this to happen. They've been wanting this to happen. So, the fact that this is happening now, I'm not surprised, but it still angers me. It still angers me. <laughs> Do you have anything to say, babe? <laughs> I, I just don't understand how that's not pedophilia. When you're teaching a five-year-old kid about touching themselves and LGBTQ and all of that stuff, like, isn't that up to the parents? Why why is society taking up the parental role right now? I don't understand that. That's evil. If it's not your kid, you don't have the authority. Listen, y'all, I need a break from that. I'm pretty pissed off. Okay, let's try this again. I got tongue-tied and I didn't like it, so let's go back. All the way back. Number one. Oh, okay, hang on. 39 Americans share what they genuinely think about what's happening in America right now. Alright, number one. Have you tried turning your country off and then on again? Uh, yeah. I think it was called the government shutdown. It didn't work. Um, number two. I think Mexico is probably now in favor of that wall. Yes, yes, I, I believe so. Number three, getting 
an Italian or being an Italian and knowing Roman history I can say that in my opinion America is showing the classic symptoms of an empire in decline yep number four um, the US always appeared like an older strong brother now it feels like uh, this brother started using meth yeah number five which I'm not necessarily in favor for um, this person is uh... I mean they had their opinion but anyway uh, we used to think pretty highly of you but now we just feel sorry for you you're you are so divided we're not sure how you can ever come together as a country again your guns are out of control your racism is dividing you your politics are a disaster your healthcare system is a joke your pandemic is out of control and you will soon be in the depths of a depression with more than 30 million people without jobs how do you feel so far trump isn't the cause for your problems but he is the worst person uh, and the worst solution you could ever hope for in that office and is only um, making things worse he is destroying you and half of you actually support him don't you know that he only cares about himself wake up America get rid of Trump get rid of your guns give health care to everyone make black lives mean as much as white lives black lives matter too the thing is is that when people get upset about all lives matter it includes the african-american community why does it have to just be one community that has to be highlighted at this time because to be honest that whole house on fire analogy that people have been talking about like oh right now the you know african-american community their house is on fire right now. They, they're going through it right now because of George Floyd and everything like that. Uh, understandable, understandable. But guess what? We also have um, Hispanic Lives Matter because of how many people in Mexico and in that southern part of Texas are being trafficked every single day. There's drug cartels. There are children that have been included in those drug cartels. And uh, so, yeah, Hispanic Lives Matter. White lives matter, yes, they do. You want to know why? Because uh, we have so many people being racist up against them because of the color of their skin, because of the way they uh, decide to talk, because of the way that they decide to live their lives, and they're not even racist. There's people out there that hate white people a whole lot more now because of, you know, white cops happen to, you know, kill a black man. That doesn't mean that all black... or doesn't mean that all white men are evil so yes white lives matter too because there is this ugly racist opinion about all white people that we're all white privileged but the guess what black people have the privilege to think of us like that so yeah black people have a privilege too so you know you have the privilege to be racist against us because you assume that all white people are racist Anyway, uh, Asian lives matter because guess what? Corona came out and there are so many people now that are racist against Asians and that they, they don't want to touch Asians because of this. And um, so, yeah, Asian lives matter too. Indian lives matter. Do you realize what, um, you know, people in India right now are doing right now? 
Most of them are Christian. Most of them can't even have their own uh, license to say that their religion is Christian because there's anti-conversion laws. I mean, how would you like it if there were a law saying that you can't change your religion? You'd be pretty um, upset, right? I would. There are people um, in India who are radical Hindus that kill Christians every single day, running them into tiger-infested jungles and setting their churches on fire. So yes, Indian lives matter too. Not to mention, uh, Middle Eastern lives matter. Because guess what? There are Christians there too. It doesn't even have to be Christians. There are people out there that have different religions. And guess what? Um, there are people now. There has always been terrorism there. There's always been people that have been um, persecuted for their faith, for their feminism, for the way they... Uh, believe women should be treated in that country and you're not allowed to have an opinion there you will be beaten you will be jailed you will be killed because of Sharia law so yes um, Middle Eastern lives matter as well European lives matter as well too because guess what there's a lot of persecution in that country as well we don't even have to go into the Russia and Ukraine business. We can go into um, Iceland right now because a lot of Icelanders are being very racist against the people who decided to immigrate there because they have decided to do their own religious practices and people are pushing for deportation. Mm-hmm. We can, we can talk about Finland. We can talk that Finland won't do business with any Jewish businesses anymore because of the conflict that's going on in Israel. So yes, all lives matter, sir. All lives matter. Everybody's house is on fire. The fact is, is that nobody is brave enough or has the balls enough to grab a hose and douse it. Number six, being in the UK right now kind of feels like a little boat that is broken down and everyone is too busy being mad at the captain to fix anything. But then you look at, then you look to the left and there's a big cruise ship burning and it stinks with people fighting on deck and the captain's throwing gasoline on everything and you feel a little bit better, but, uh you know, about the crappy ship that you're on. Yep. I mean, I understand that too. I mean, America is killing itself. I do agree with, you know, number six and number five. It's just some people would rather just have one perspective of things. But number seven, I used to really admire America. The last few years have damn have changed that perception drastically. The blatantly corrupt pol politics seem to have the whole country in such a tight grip that from the outside it looks like third world country. Your president is lying constantly and obviously yet he uh, has spoken outspoken followers in the millions who just disregard his lies. Um, there seems to be no safety net for the average person at all, and you seem to rely on luck to get through life. 
I hope I don't lose my job. If I do, I'm screwed. If I get sick, I'm screwed. Never mind the ambulance. I'll call an Uber. I'd rather die than pick up the hospital bill. Oh, crap. I had a kid. Better start saving tens of thousands for college. Your police force is ridiculous. People with not even high school diplomas can be cops. Are you serious? Shooting people left and right. Gun laws are out of control, obviously. Religion also, it plays such a huge role in our society to the point that it actually affects elections in the greatest uh, country on earth. In 2020, it is insane. Number eight. I knew there were lots of idiots, but the sheer quantity is mind-blowing and also how so many Americans... Uh, just can't handle a view that is different to their own or at least allow others to have a different view is crazy. That kind of reminds me of um, this debate that Ben Shapiro was involved in. They decided to bring two, like four people and Ben Shapiro was in, uh, you know, this group and he sat next to a transgender woman. And so the fact that he had this different opinion, because if you all, if you guys know who Ben Shapiro is, then you know he's outspoken and he doesn't care what people think of him. So uh, when he does talk about how he's against transgenderism and how he doesn't believe that, um, you know, there's 76 genders and everything like that, the transgender woman decided to say, be careful uh, or you're going to go home in an ambulance. I'm like... Did you just threaten his life? And everybody else in the video defended the woman like it was okay for him for his life to be threatened because he had a different opinion than everybody else. It is so bass-ackwards. It is so backwards right now. And it is just stunning how people don't understand what's going on. It, it's laughable. And yes, I am laughing at America too. America has gone down the toilet. Number nine. I live in Germany. Uh, when I was younger, I always wanted to live in America. I thought it was great. Now, not even for a million dollars, I would never move there. Number ten. There are. You're a country blessed with a diverse land, money, and democracy, but you have... Become your own worst enemy. Healthy patriotism has turned into extreme nationalism and xenophobia. Freedom uh, has turned into anarchy. Also, guns. Like, how are you still a thing? Sad. A lot of European countries, I think, they don't, they don't have um, the right to bear arms. I know that Britain doesn't. Um, there's only, like, a chosen few that... Are allowed like the uh, Queen's militia but I don't even think that those guns are loaded I think I don't know <laughs> I don't know everything but um, no they're perfectly right about that I mean I believe in the right to bear arms but there are people that uh, shouldn't be having guns that are getting guns anyway number 11 I keep wondering why the richest country in the world still doesn't have national free health services. It's because of human trafficking. They would rather spend money on that than spending it on the people to, you know, 
help them, but you know. Number 12. The first time I met a U.S. Libertarian, I was in a pub. I was... <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, okay. He was supposedly intelligent person, arguing that any form of taxation is robbery. What a idiot. I thought, little did I realize how mainstream liberalism is. The Second Amendment is there to protect your precious democracy from tyrants. Ironic who the gun owners support the most. Allowing the police to buy military surplus. Um, what did you expect to happen? Let's see, number 13. The writers of this season seem lazy. <clears throat> They're just rehashing the previous BLM script, or Black Lives Matter script, and throwing in the pandemic to mix it up and have uh, really and to have really written themselves into a corner. I can't figure out how the who the protagonist is, because none of the characters are likable. At least they're moved off of the school shooting theme. Yes, honey, what's going on? You're distracting me. Are you really trying to tip me over in this chair? Bro. Are you kidding me? Go away! The spin-off season the UK showed promise that they're just copying the same tropes without any action. At least, I know the Scots are the good guys in that one. Oh, God. Why are we getting into, like, really, really long ones? Number 14. I can't believe how Americans can politicize everything. Um, wearing masks, uh, postal service, and before these new topics, universal healthcare, free, uni, higher taxation, etc., and are really in the most developed countries, but in America... It seems like you can just scream socialism and people are against everything. From my German point of view, the two-party system and electoral votes seriously are effed up. And even the moderate Democrats are pretty right-wing. Also, the uh, recent building or the recent handling of protesters... And even the media combined with Trump seemingly preparing the notion that the election will be rigged and that he might not accept it really feels like a third world country uh, going back to a fascist regime. Although I don't think that this will really happen, it is just a, it's just scary that it feels like it's a possibility. Number 15. With the economic divide larger than ever, I don't believe the majority of Americans who struggle to live decently pay for health care and their kids' education. Still buy the freaking American dream BS. No, we don't. We don't. We have to work and we have to pay for everything. Everything's hiked up now. But um, the U.S. has become one of these countries where if you start poor... 
in the wrong neighborhood or even because you of your ethnicity, you need to fight ten times harder than people like rich white men. I know there are example there are examples of successful people coming out of poverty um on their own and good for them because they are the exception without merit. Uh or not without merit. Um I come from a country where I could become an engineer spending only a few thousands of euros for school. I get a lot of medical stuff covered uh, if I need it, etc. Why wouldn't everyone want that for everyone? Um, now that I'm making a living and paying taxes, I'm genuinely happy to pay taxes uh, that will go fund this and other essential services. I don't understand why people don't uh, all want affordable health care and education for everyone. The benefits, uh, this benefits the entire country and its economy is in the long run. See, that's why we call it situational design number uh, 15, because um, America knows what Europe is doing and the health care is so cheap. The education is so cheap, but America has become very money hungry and has gotten a lot of uh, dirty side jobs and under the table tasks that they just don't care about the people anymore. Um, and I mean, America wants the people to be poor, broke, and or poor, fat, and stupid because we have, like you said. We have unaffordable health care. We can't um, get healthy. We can't uh, find a good paying job to pay rent. So therefore, we're poor. And then we have a lot of fake news stations, you know, conditioning the mind. And we're very uh, gullible to what everyone says. <sighs> Number 16, it's like watching Britney Spears' um, I'm sorry, I can't read, I swear to God. It's like watching Britney Spears go through that shaved head phase. That's hilarious. Number 17, uh, Brit who adored U.S. here spent 18 months living in Houston around 1998 to 2000, traveled extensively and uh, loved the country and most of its people. The U.S., in the darkest period I've known, and it is crumbling from the inside out. It's not a recent thing. Probably had its roots post-World War II. The U.S. realized it had the power and technology to rule the world and its own benefit, yep, um, and it went for it. The golden years of the 50s, 60s, and 70s have been followed by thinly disguised corporate and personal greed, all of this on top of a two-tier difficult to track, uh, difficult to crack race ceiling that, in some states, is allowed to persist unchecked. The U.S. is now in a pretty open, rolling, uh, low-level civil war, uh, fueling by an idiot and the GOP allowing the rule because they just want to cling to the status quo of the military-industrial um, complex. Alright, Trump is an emperor uh, with his princes, princess and princes. Everyone with any 
insight or brains can see it, but there are a lot of supremely uninformed Americans uh, in the Rust Belt, the south parts of the north, who have been fed the line from Fox and Facebook that he is our savior. Listen, I could say a lot of good things about Trump, and I could say that Trump, honestly, compared to Biden, he did so much. He did so much more than Biden will ever do. Because Biden probably has dementia, and he's a raisin, and he's just doing really stupid stuff. He's making dumb decisions, he's saying dumb things, and all that stuff. But do I believe that every politician is perfect? Heck no. No. But I will say that Trump is one of the best presidents we ever had. And that's because of the pipeline. We didn't have to rely on the Middle East or Russia in order for us to have oil. So he made, you know, America a self-reliant country. I've, I've said this many times. And, um, you know, that's it. But everybody's going to have their opinion, and that's okay. Most of the West is happy to let America sink. Uh, tired of Trump and the U.S. Uh, decades of foreign policy meddling. For Russia, it is an old game for them. Easy and cheap social media manip manipulation is not discouraged by the GOP. For China, they are cleaning up. It'll be fairly um, bloodless, benign coup. They are... The Super Bowl in waiting. It's sadness to me greatly. Okay. Alright, number 18. I'm a Canadian living in Mexico since 2014. I seriously can't wrap my head around it from either vantage point. It's like watching a slow motion war wreck. It's horrifying and you know nothing good is going to come out of it, but it's fascinating at the same time. Number 19. As a millennial from Toronto, I grew up in America, um, and it was awesome. Or, thinking it was awesome. Thought it would be cool to live in New York when I was older. The past five years have been crap, and I am so thankful to be from Canada. I don't think it's Trump that is the main problem. It's the legion of supporters that feel the same way he does. Uh, they will not go away once he leaves office. The problem is more permanent than uh, some realize. It's been sad to see the U.S. deteriorate. I don't want to talk about Trump, but wow, the anti-maskers upset me. Like, dude, wear a freaking mask. How hard can it be? I'm sorry. I could say a whole lot of things about that. Listen, if you if you wear a mask, how is that going to protect you from any type of illness? For one, you're breathing in your own germs. You are more likely to get yourself sick by wearing a mask. It promotes breathing problems, and it doesn't keep out anything. It doesn't. Because... Fauci, which, now that I think about it, he has gone off the radar for a very long time now, says, oh, we need to wear two to three masks. 
You need to wear masks even after you're vaccinated. It makes no sense. It's backwards medical philosophy and it's disgusting. Number 21. Honestly, it's borderline beyond comprehension. It constantly feels a little more like poorly written soap opera for real life. Number 22. From Mexico, I would say to all the ignorant people and Karens with all love, uh, you are not a clown. You are the entire circus. Number 23. For me, I feel like nothing can surprise me now. I'm just like... Of course that's happening now. I feel sorry for the same people over there. Number 24. There are, they're so busy flinging crap at each other, you can't see the mess you've made. Number 25. There isn't a single thing that they can agree on. Even basic human rights for people uh, is a topic discussion. There's um, way too many idiots for a country that is so far developed. Number 26. I live in the crap hole of the world Bosnia Balkan, and it seems to me America just hit puberty. <laughs> I'm from Afghanistan. <laughs> this crap don't phase me. Oh my god. Number 28. Sadness. As a Norwegian, I have never felt like the US is somewhere I would particularly like to live and work but I've loved visiting and I uh, have some finally some really good friends over there it looked like things were getting a bit better under Obama but uh, the but really the cracks were starting to show with the yearly government lockdowns now it's at the point where I would be hesitant to visit even despite the pandemic last time, 2014, there were guards with rifles in Dallas airport and it freaked me out. I can't even imagine what it would be like now and whether I would feel safe around authority figures as a white European, highly educated female, I would most likely be fine, but still, I just, or just the fact that I feel like I have to consider this is crazy to me. Number 29, I genuinely feel sorry for you people. Number 30, a German, or I, a German, am probably as angry as most U.S. citizens about the whole pol political cluster, uh, screw, <laughs> that is unfolding right now. The uncounted people dying of various causes like racism, ignorance, political games, and natural disasters are a terrible loss that I could be that could be prevented but the US is the only m m most covered cluster screw I can't say bad words even though I'm really upset um in the media that China is doing it to its minorities it's mind ball ba I swear to God. It's mind-boggling all of the other crap. In short, I would like to watch some cartoons and forget about the whole mess, but I learned in history class one must never do that. I watch cartoons. Usually it's most of the time an escape from the bullshit. Anyway.
Okay. I have decided to find something funny, so let's do this one. 25 hilariously negative reviews on TripAdvisor about popular UK tourist attractions. Number one. It's just a big clock. So this one's about the Big Ben. Um, I don't understand all the hype with this clock. It's literally just a clock. It's going to be a digital one in 30 years anyways. What? Oh my god. Number two. Misleading. Uh, review of Arthur's seat. Okay. Not a chair in sight. Uh, had to sit on the grass and was left with an unsightly wet patch. So it looked like I had soiled myself. You shouldn't have sat in the grass, bro. I never even knew what... Ar I don't even know what Arthur's seat is. But, I mean... Number three. Just a few rocks. I was disgusted to find it was just a few rocks to look at and nothing to do. <laughs> they... <laughs> it's Stonehenge! What do you expect? What did you want? A festival or something inside? They should knock it down and build an arcade or fun fair. Don't waste your time. What a silly place. The whole... Like, wonder of it is that no one knows why these were constructed and no one understands how humans could possibly move rocks like this um, with their bare hands because back in the day we didn't have bulldozers or forklifts or anything like that. So, it's a wonder. But okay. Uh, number four. Meh. Another review of Big Ben. Um, it's just a big clock. Nothing more. Nothing less. Uh, I've got a grandfather clock at home that is just as thrilling to look at. Then, okay. What did you expect, though? Like, it's a clock. You're there to admire the architecture and stuff like that. Architecture. Jesus. <laughs> number five. Risked my life... A review of Abbey Road. I risked my life for a stupid picture. Uh, I need to ask another person to risk their life to take a picture for my family. Why are you risking your life crossing Abbey Road? I don't understand. Were you doing it in the middle of traffic? Did you not think that the people were driving? in the? People are stupid. Number six. Very steep and too high. Review of Ben Nevis. Well, no crap, sir. Um, it's a mountain. This was almost a full day's climbing and my girlfriend was crying at one point. When we did get to the top, there was nothing there. Mount S uh, Snowden uh, has a pub, restaurant, and toilets, and it's top. Luckily, we had um, brought some sandwiches and drinks, so anyone else climbing is in the be warned. Uh, there are no facilities at the top. Oh, I'm sorry. You can't just squat and drop a deuce right there. I mean, it would fertilize the land. Um, 
The climb basically went on for far too long, and the last part was particularly steep and difficult. It was also cloudy at the top, so the view was non-existent. <laughs> the long walk back down was boring, and again, um, too took too long. You are on a hike, sir. Did you not notice that? <laughs> I don't understand. Number seven. Um, just a collection of pictures. Review of the National Gallery. Um, although the pictures are very famous, you don't. If you go to London, don't visit the National Gallery. What? I I see that you're not a uh, art appreciator, sir. Um, anyway, number eight. A lot of rocks. Okay. Um, review of Giant's Causeway. Okay. Terrible place, long distances for walking to see uh, daft old rocks. Uh, entrance fee is extortion. You don't have to pay to see these stones. Okay. Not an actual eye. Oh my god, people are stupid. The review of the London Eye. What did you expect? Usually people who are traveling to a destination, they plan their trip ahead. Why didn't you just say... Why, why didn't you just rips like... Why didn't you just look at the pictures? Oh my god, people are stupid. Anyway. I don't like heights and I don't like this. My wife and daughter loved it. I read the newspaper and pretended I was elsewhere. Um, if you don't like heights, don't go near it. Apparently the views are great. Okay. Number 10. Let's see. <laughs> it just says bad as the tagline. Review of botanical gardens in Q. So... Um, the gardens can be very boring and definitely not for everyone. It's very large, many plants, and when you go in a warm, on a warm day and you go into the greenhouse, it's boiling, and the food is very overpriced, and there isn't a big selection there either. What, again, what did you expect? Number 11, yawn, review of the Roman baths. Um, as a young adult, I found this very boring as it was uh, directed towards the older generation, but I will say it's overpriced and boring. I, okay. Number 12. Uh, great Day Out. A review of Edinburgh Castle. Great Day Out. Allow three to four hours to do it justice. The audio guide is an extra three pounds and very detailed uh, so well worth it we had an afternoon tea in tea rooms as well which is lovely wait I don't I don't understand though if this is a bad review it doesn't sound like a bad review the only bad thing about it is that they, you gave them one star so are you being sarcastic I, I don't understand that one. Number 13 is a, another Big Ben one. Uh, ben, Big Ben has really been uh, disappointing people. I can see why they blew it up 
for in V for Vendetta. That wasn't real. Um, let's see. Absolutely terrible. I would never ever go again. I'm glad they blew it up in V for Vendetta. It's just a big clock and the whole experience left me unsettled. <laughs> Number 14. Um, another Edinburgh ca Castle one. So, nothing special. Just a castle. Um, a big castle with many collections and nothing special or unusual. Uh, not excited. Not even by the view. Alright. There's another London Eye one. This one says, woohoo! Um, not good at all. To be honest, I feel it is uh, an enlarged Ferris wheel, which is given too much publicity. Numbers. I would love that, honestly. I love heights. Um, I'm not afraid of it, so I, I would love to just see how London looks from up above. That, that would be really pretty to me. Anyway, number 16. Disneyland wannabe. One star, um, except that... At Disneyland, one price covers all. Here you pay for parking, pay to get inside, and then pay again for additional attractions. If you enjoy actors in cheap costuming with more uh, flair for theatrics than real uh, history, um, this place <laughs> will appeal to you. Okay, what again, what did you expect? Disneyland is, yes, like, a, an, a cool place to be, but it's also probably the most expensive. Anyway. Number 17. Boring. Um, review of the Angel of the North. I didn't even know this existed. Um, it's a lump of metal in the ground next to the motorway keep going and check out Penshaw Monument in Sunderland um people have way have really high expectations for things how about you just like re review the history look up the history cause sometimes when you look up the history of a place that you're going to it, it makes it more interesting but anyway boring Windsor Castle just lots of rooms with loads of big paintings on them. Um, every room is basically the same. The only two worthwhile parts of the day is harassing the guard, not me, the boyfriend, and having a good time in the spoons uh, down the road. Number 19. What's the point? Um, review of Eden Project. So full of people that you can't stop for a second to admire anything. You are just pushed around in a current of sweaty bodies. Very unpleasant and very expensive. Uh, what is the point of it? Won't go back ever, even if you paid me. Number 20, about Edinburgh Castle. Boring if you want to, if you want typical British look at us and we are so great attitude. Uh then visit here. The castle as a building is cool, but the castles of Ireland are much more interesting. Okay. Technically, I know Edinburgh Castle in Scotland. Isn't it? It's like 
I don't I don't know everything. <laughs> but technically it is part of Ireland. I Okay. Number 21. Where are the animals? Chester Zoo. It's <laughs> uh a, rather a mystery why so many consider a great day out. Most of the animals are hidden in uh, long grass or other foliage if they... Um, okay. Number 22. Another one about Stonehenge. It's just a pile of stones. Why people would travel from all over the world to see this is beyond me. Uh, entry fees are uh, bordering extortion. Food is substandard, and the staff will fleece any unsuspecting tourist. Um, let's see. Change savvy uh, for our better uh, is Amsbury Town or Salisbury Cathedral, Martin Down or Salisbury Plain, uh, Avebury uh, is better or Sidbury Hill Fort. Stonehenge is an epic Stonehenge fail. Eh. No drink. Another one about Edinburgh Castle. <laughs> so, I mean, maybe Edinburgh Castle is, uh, actually that bad. I don't know. Uh, great extremely- her got extremely drunk and had an uh, argument with two secretary guards. Security guards. Uh, oh my god. Yes, the castle was good. It was sh It was sh going to concert there. They don't even sell any booze. Okay. Not so Big Ben. So I went uh, last week to the famous Big Ben. Let me tell you we should rename it Medium Ben. I've been or I've seen bigger Lego towers. Uh, will return if they build it higher. Somebody is just unsatisfied. And another one about Stonehenge. There's a lot of Stonehenge, Big Ben, and Edinburgh Castle ones. Rubbish and boring. We visited Stonehenge at, uh, as part of our journey down to Cornwall. I can honestly say it was boring, absolutely boring, and it is a just a pile of stones, nothing else. Just a big heap of stones. Alright. Okay, this is for all you single as a Pringle renegades out there. What people are really doing when they pay, when they, oh my god, when they play hard to get. Uh, you might think that your desires are shaped mostly by your preferences, but in reality, the model, or we model them after others. Uh, what's really happening when someone plays hard to get, we have been plenty there have been plenty of psychological explanations, usually involving the person's insecurity and lack of vulnerability. The primary reason that people engage in this behavior, though, is a fundamental law of human desire and is rarely, if ever, uh, acknowledged. 
the desire that a person has for another person or thing is thing okay um is completely tied to how the desire for that person or thing is modeled to them by other people in this article i am going to explain what that means if we understand how models of desire affect what we want we move through life with a better understanding of why we are more attracted to certain people and things and not to others and maybe even save ourselves from heartache most importantly as well we'll see we might begin to learn how to uh, love better the romantic lie um, in our minds we desire things independently um, in reality, we don't desire anything solely due to the objective qualities um, or due to other independent inv evaluation. Um, that's just the story we tell ourselves. In an age of hyper-individualism, that story is more powerful than ever, but it's a lie. Um, the truth is that we want most things according to how other people model the value um, of those things to us. These people are models of desire. Okay. Um, we'll see how this plays a role in the game of hard to get, but uh, first a quick primer on how models shape desire in general pulling at our heartstrings imagine the following scenario a freshman in high school breaks up with their girlfriend um and he's sure that uh he isn't attracted to her anymore he hasn't uh thought about her in weeks uh then he sees a picture of her in on instagram eating sushi on a date she's with a new guy and looking or, and a good-looking junior athlete from his same school, by the way. Um, suddenly, his desire for her has inflamed. He now has a model, uh, someone important to him, someone he in aspires to be like, who desires his ex. Um, his newly inflamed desire is completely um, determined by his model, but he doesn't realize it. So basically what they're saying is that um, when there are better comparisons of ourselves, like, it does kind of uh, play upon our insecurity. So like, if someone breaks up with you and they end up finding someone who you think, who you think personally looks good and is successful, you suddenly want that person that you broke up with back. Um, which kind of goes along with jealousy as well. That's how we become jealous of other people. Um, he convinces himself that his new attraction is the result of realizing he made a mistake or seeing new qualities in her. Yeah. Um, what he saw, of course, was a model or the person that he aspires to be. Uh, the right person wanting her, revealing... Uh, the desirability in a way that instantly transfigured her uh, before this poor freshman's eyes. Um, it is interesting that we talk about falling in love. Uh, did you know that 
in almost every culture people do something like fall in love, nobody rises up to it. And people pulling at our heartstrings what's really what it's really doing, it's pulling at our models. So um we see a better version of ourselves in someone that they've decided to date and that pulls on our insecurities and that makes that person that we broke up with more attractive because they chose someone better than them. It's, yeah, I, I understand it completely. Let's see. Mimetic desires and models. The French sociologist René Gir- Girard is the first uh, one to fully explain how human desire is reliant on models. He called a, it a mimetic desire. Mimetic is another way of saying imituate oh my gosh imitative uh we don't desire anything directly we imitate models people um even imitate the desire we have for ourselves people that play hard to get know they are not simply objects of desire they are also models of that same desire a person who seems desperate for attention is bearing on his desires. Um, he reveals how much he wants to be loved, to be known, and to be admired. Um, of course, we all want these things. The problem with showing it too much is that it decreases a person's uh, mimetic value um, in other people's eyes. Okay. A person who does this is modeling their own intense desire for approval, which uh, makes us wonder why they need to so badly. We look around for other people or models to make sure that we uh, aren't the only one who approves of them, to make sure, God forbid, that we aren't the only one who likes them. So basically, we all have that person that we look up to secretively um, and want to model ourselves after. Which, uh... Yeah. That's one of the reasons why some people are obsessed with certain celebrities. They see certain qualities in them that they want in themselves, so they model themselves after this person. So, uh, we're all afraid of wanting to be, or wanting the wrong things. Okay, yeah. The tragedy of the clubhouse love. Um, we not only want the things we have, or no, I'm sorry. We not only want the things we can't have, we don't want the things unless other people want them too. That's like sandbox, like crap. Like, one kid is playing with a toy that you dis- you decided not to play with, but th- at some point, when the kid decides to pick up the discarded toy, you suddenly want it. It's... that's how bad it is. Um, let's imagine our freshman guy from above starts dating a new girl. Uh, he desperately seeks the approval of his friends. He takes her to parties He introduces her to everyone he knows. Secretly, he wants one of them to be attracted to her. He is actually looking for a rival. 
isn't that like a natural thing that some people do is especially like animal animals they do that to they fight for the late anyway um if he can't find one he'll begin to doubt whether he made a right choice he'll begin to doubt whether he really wants to be with this new girl after all if nobody seems interested in pursuing her then uh she wasn't hard enough to get doesn't make any sense if you're happy with that person you shouldn't uh, it's, it's whatever. It, it's, it's how people operate. And it's hilarious. And that, uh, from the, san the standpoint of mimetic... Why can't I talk? Mimetic desire is our own worst fear. Okay. Most of us go through life like uh, many masochists uh, constantly worried that our achievements must not be achievements if we manage to achieve them. Whoa. Uh, we are like Groucho Marx who didn't want to belong to any club that would have him as a member. Um, to paraphrase Rene Girard, we set out in search of the thing we think we truly want which we believe must be hidden under the one rock that is too heavy for us to lift. Um, if we get something that we wanted, we believe we must have wanted the wrong thing. We go in search of a new model. So, okay, so basically you didn't work hard enough for that to achieve that goal. But when you attain it, you should feel successful. You should feel, you know, proud of yourself that you got this person that is really good. But anyway, this is how people operate sometimes. I would love to live in a world where I never felt pressure to uh, posture about how hard I am to reach or how busy I am or how hard other people should have to work to be with me. I gave up this game in a romantic level in my 20s, but I still feel the pressure in my professional life, lest anyone um, undervalue me because I am too easy to reach. I am speaking partly in jest, but partly not. In the business world, deals are won and lost based on uh, largely on mimetic value, not objective value. So it, even in the business world, it's the desirability of that person instead of the person who can get the job done the best way. Unfortunately, a word in which nobody cared about uh, what other people want would be a little less human. Mimetic desire is the most human experience of all. It, as far as we know, animals aren't caught in a never-satisfied uh, caught in a never-satisfying striving to achieve the lifestyle of other animals. They establish a dominance of hierarchy and it is relatively stable. Us? We are caught up in an ever-changing sea of desires. Uh, each of us 
cares deeply without other people or about what other people care about we care about other people wow this is just <laughs> it's not even me now it's just like the the writing of this is very philosophical but um, each of us cares deeply about what other people care about we care what other people want Ex yeah exactly um, in the end, I think playing hard to get is easy, and being easy is hard, is easy to get is hard. Playing hard to get is easy, and being easy to get is hard. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, it means overcoming that initial impulse of pride that makes us want to make other people work really hard to get us. It means being accessible, open, vulnerable, making an unmerited gift of ourselves to others. Another word for that is love. Wow. That, a lot of people operate like that though. Um, Cause playing hard to get is like, it shows, for, for some women I feel like they do this just because they want men around. Because, uh, I already, I've already told you guys, I have a very low opinion about some women, some, certain women in general just are not okay <laughs> to me. But, um, some women, they do this for attention, some women, they just do this because they want men around so they don't feel less alone. And some women do this, uh, if they're clever enough in order to see if the man desires her more, if she pulls back. It's just something that, you know, people do to see, will she want me more if I pull back a little? It, it, is, it is a very natural thing, but it is very interesting when, um, when you're not, when you don't have that person in your life anymore and that person has moved on, faster than you that somehow that person that you've broken up with is a whole lot more attractive to you because they've somehow become better than you and that's crazy okay last but not least we have the Czech Republic to welcome into the renegade nations Alright, give, give the Czech Republic a warm welcome, and uh, we are going to look for some news real quick. And yes, you're going to look with me because I don't feel like pausing while I search. So, you're going to work for me, Google? Thank you. Czech Republic news today. Alright. Radio Prague International. All news about Czech Republic. Alright. Here we go. We're going to look at this one really quick. Czech like, um, and unemployment is the lowest in Europe. That may be a good thing. 
How? Okay, I'm sorry. How is that a good thing? Um, for the past three years, Jan worked as a scaffolder for a building company across the border in Germany. Recently, um, he returned to the Czech Republic after finding a job at a local construction firm. Um, but his friend, Pe Peter, um, is now, uh, heading in the opposite direction. Because of the pandemic, I came home. Now restrictions have ended. I'm... Uh, going abroad, he said, in a quiet pub in Olomouc, Eastern Czech Republic. The Czech economy has long faced a dilemma. It is It has maintained one of the lowest unemployment rates across Europe in uh, recent years, and it now, in fact, has the lowest rate across the whole of the EU at just 2.2% according to a recent update published by Eurostat, the Bloc's uh, <coughs> statistical office. Let's see. Um, but economists warn that the rate is low because of the shortage of workers, a concern for Czech industries. Um, people who want uh, work can find it in the Czech Republic. Okay. Um, at the end of January 2022, the Labor Office registered 267.76 job seekers, but the following month there were 364 job uh, vacancies, meaning that for every available job, there were only 0.7 applicants, according to the reports uh, from Jana. Stekarova, an economist in the commercial bank, a local bank. Lowest in the continent, uh, the exact unemployment rate in the Czech Republic varies due to different uh, metrics and classifications, but nonetheless uh, is still one of the lowest in the continent. The latest estimate from the Czech Statistical Office uh, which counts labor force uh, sample surveys, put unemployment at 2.3% uh, the fourth quarter of 2021, but the Czech Labor Office, part of the Ministry of Labor and Social Affairs, says it was 3.6%. The number of unemployed people across the EU is falling from 7.5% in January 2021 and to nearly 6.2% in January 2022, um, as economies recover from the COVID-19 pandemic. A spokesperson from the Czech Ministry of Labor and Social Affairs said the unemployment rate is indeed very low and no significant changes are expected in the near future. So, one thing that I'm trying to figure out is that Czech Republicans, um, what do they do? Are they finding jobs abroad, which we've kind of heard earlier in the article, or do they not want to work? I, I don't want to, like, assume that, though. But at the time, at the same time, however, we have hundreds of thousands of available jobs the spokesperson said people who want to work can still find a suitable job in the Czech Republic. 
Um, the reason for this divergence is the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, experts say the international health crisis has altered people's approach to work rather than salary and location. So basically a lot of people are scared to go back to work. Um, the main concern uh, now is job security. Workers are becoming more choosy and patient. Um, in January 2022, a total of 90,021 people um, received unemployment benefits, only a third of all job seekers, according to the Labor Office. The war in Ukraine. Uh, however, concerns um, have been raised about longer-term problems. Uh, Russia's invasion of Ukraine in February 24th has been... Uh, seen more than 2.2 million refugees, uh, mainly women and children, flee into Central Europe. According to the UN Refugee Agency, more than 100,000 have been entered, uh, have entered the Czech Republic so far. It is premature to predict the impact of the war in Ukraine and on the Czech Republic labor market, said the spokesperson for the Ministry of Labor and Social Affairs, and estimated. 195,000 Ukrainians were working in the Czech Republic last December, a threefold increase since 2018, according to. So basically, uh, they do a lot of a lot of people in that area, the uh, Czech Republic, Poland, um, Ukraine, all of that. They end up traveling abroad just to go to work, um, a lot of the time, according to reports of the Czech labor office, um, around a third of foreigners uh, who live in the Czech Republic are Ukrainian, many in uh, temporary and low-paid jobs. Uh, earlier this month, the Czech, the Czech Republic government imposed a state of emergency on or in a bid to help its bureaucracy uh, cope with the number of refugees this week. Uh, Vit Rakutsen, the interior minister, warned that Prague's Center for um, Registering Refugees is overwhelmed, and it was forced to close last Monday. Michael Skiropa, um, an analyst in Seska uh, Sportilentia, I, I don't even know. Um, the country's largest bank um, has argued the refugee crisis could lead to a slight increase in unemployment. On the one hand, he told local media this week Ukrainian workers could uh, head back home either to take up arms or join the humanitarian resist or assistance. Um, let's see. It remains unclear how many Ukrainian nationals uh, have left the Czech Republic since the war began. There will also be an end to Ukrainian men coming to the Czech Republic. On February 25th, the Ukrainian President Zelensky signed a general mobilization that forbids men between the ages of 18 and 60 from leaving the country. So, okay... They don't have a choice. So, let's see here. This is a big concern for the Czech Republic's uh, construction industry, which 
is typically re uh, relied on Ukrainian workers, um, especially as Czech builders migrate for better paying jobs in Germany or Eastern Europe or Western Europe. Um, uh, <clears throat> about five workers have left the industry since 10 or 2010. Um, Pavel Dolek, um, an expert on the construction of the consulting company of KPMG uh, recently told CTK, a local news outlet. On the other hand, plans are underway to assimilate Ukrainian refugees into the Czech Republic's uh, labor force. Its government is looking into uh, wavering work permits, usually a requirement for non-EU citizens for Ukrainian schools, uh, which have faced severe problems with the recruitment because of the COVID-19 pandemic, um, are being advised to offer short-term and part-time em uh, employment suitable for women. Uh, the spokesperson for the Ministry of Labor and Social Affairs noting that the vast majority of Ukrainian refugees are uh, women uh, stressed that many of the jobs available in the Czech Republic are suitable for women. Um, how the war in Ukraine uh, not had the war in Ukraine not started, the new Czech government, uh, which took office in December, might have enjoyed a successful year economically. Uh, before the war, the Czech Republic economy was expected to grow about 3.1% in 2022. Um, so, uh, buoyed by, okay, I don't even know how you say that word, uh, by economic recovery in December, the five-party coalition government rejected the draft budget set by the on, the, the outgoing prime minister, um, Andre Babis, um, whose uh, administration uh, markedly increased state expenditure, a problem also um, exacerbated by the pandemic. The public finance balance uh, hit a deficit of 6.1% of GDP um, in 2021, nearly double EU limits, when the budget deficit reached a record 1.62 billion euros. Um, Peter Fila, the new prime minister, campaigned last October's um, general election on the promise to significantly cut state spending and tighten the state purse. Um, in early February, the cabinet um, approved a draft budget for 2022 that will cut spending by around 3.1 billion and increase revenue collection by around uh, 2.4 billion euros. Um, we will have or we will save on the expenditure slide and we will better manage taxpayers' money, Phyla prompt. How long is... Okay, we're almost done. We're almost done. Under these, the government says it will reduce the budget deficit uh, to around 10.8 billion euros for 2022 compared to the 14.6 billion 
um, euros envisioned by the former government's uh, draft budget that was rejected in December. Um, however, the war in Ukraine puts Phyla's austerity um, measures uh, at risk. Fuel prices are spiking. The euro is falling against the Czech uh, Karuna, lower um, purchasing power uh, for imports. And inflation, now around 9.9%, is suspected to soon hit double figures, the government may be forced to alter its budget cuts uh, before parla parliamentarians vote on it at the end of the month. For workers, that means the higher cost of living, which uh, any increase in wages won't be able to uh, compensate for. Especially if the Ukraine war dents economic activity. This week, the Czech Statistical Office um, released that its latest data in on earnings, although the average gross salary rose around 1,590 euros per month in the last quarter of 2021, the high rate of inflation meant, in real terms, wages fell by more than 2%. In the last quarter of 2021, Inflation stood at 6.1%. Today, it is around 9.9% and likely to keep on rising. So basically, the Czech Republic is also uh, going through inflation. Um, most likely to um, cater to the Ukrainians that are now uh, looking for work in other countries. Um, so yeah... That is it, guys. So, thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Czech Republic, for listening as well. And I will see you guys in the trenches next time.